Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Derek Acuff with Frequent Home Buyers, and he's here to share how he went from waiting tables to earning six figures in ultra competitive Houston. If this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app, the only app you'll need for wholesaling. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires, so if that's something you're interested in, let's definitely connect on Instagram. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up, and as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. You can either share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. And don't forget, this is a live show, so please post your questions for Derek to answer. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So first question is, what got you into real estate? Gotcha. Uh, so I would say initially it started when I was a kid, uh, being an entrepreneur. Uh, growing up, my grandpa always had me doing uh, little things like picking up cans, turning them in at the end of the month, um, chopping wood, selling it in the in the uh, winter. And then um, when I was around 18, I had the opportunity to uh, move to Houston uh, with my dad. Uh, so I packed up my car with $1,000, moved to Houston, uh, and I was going to do the traditional route. Um, I had always been intrigued with real estate, but I really didn't think that it would happen until, you know, in my later 30s, I'd go to school, get a job, um, and then, you know, get into real estate later. And then I went to a, a real estate seminar, uh, went to a rich dad seminar, you know, went through the whole sales funnel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they hit you with the free and then you got to pay the 500. And it's funny because I didn't even have $500 at the time to, to go to the seminar. My friend paid, he actually didn't even end up going, uh, <laughs> went, uh, me and my uh, fiance now, uh, went to the seminar was sold by day two, you know, with their mm-hmm. whole sales process, how you talked with uh, Chad and M about, and uh, I was ready to commit. Um, so we tried signing up, you know, doing the mentorship. It was, you know, a whopping 50,000. Um, I had good credit at the time, but not enough credit history, but that was the biggest blessing uh, I can say that ever happened. Yeah. Um, but we still ended up, uh, you know, luckily my girl is a, a supporter. So, you know, we ended up spending her tax return of like $2,500 on a product we didn't even need. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was enough to get me hooked um, because I knew worst case, I had to get her her money back yeah. um, or I would never hear the end of it. Um, so yeah, we went to that seminar, came home. And what, when was this? Uh, this was in uh, early 2015, okay. uh, around February. Uh, came home, studied uh, for about eight months. I had just finished my associate's degree and I was about to go to college uh, to get my um, bachelor's. And I was like, I'm gonna try this out for two years. Um, you know, if I can, you know, make a decent, you know, living, I'll figure out the rest. Cause I just, I, schooling, it's not for everybody and it wasn't yeah. for me. So, um, studied for eight months and, uh, luckily for my girl again, she gave me a swift kick in the butt one day and was like, you know, you've been talking about this for eight months. That's awesome. But you haven't took any action. Yeah, I was going to say, what the hell do you study for eight months? Yeah. Uh, you know, podcast. I mean, <laughs> when you're new, there's so many things in real estate that you, it just, you don't know where to focus. Um, and so after about seven months, I had gotten focused. But like I said, month eighth was when she was like, I mean, she was just very blunt with me one day and was like, you know, you either need to take action or just, you know, shut the F up about real estate, like uh-huh. straight up. Um, so I sent out letters. I sent out 30 letters. Um, about a month later, this was at the end of 2015, I got a lady, probably the most motivated seller I've ever had, um, went to her house, 
was freaking out. I had no idea. I was just winging it. I had no yeah. idea what I was doing. Um, so we went over there, took the fam. Uh, we went to uh, the lady's house. She loved us. Um, I made a completely bogus offer. Is way too low. Um, but for me, that's all I needed was that proof that, you know, this could, it, uh-huh. it could work. Um, you know, I had done other things in the past. I made a little bit of money, network marketing and things like that, that never really showed proof. But with real estate, it was the one thing that gave me, it solidified that it did work. Um, I just needed to put more into it. Like I said, I just sent out 30 letters. I mean, you couldn't do that today and, you know, get, get a deal, or, getting a deal or a lead that. from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you made that bogus offer and then you you didn't buy that house then no not at all she kindly uh you know said she loved us but she would have to decline our offer i think she got an offer for like thirty thousand higher which knowing what i know now i know i could have you know paid more but you know we got to start somewhere all right so tell me about your first wholesale deal first wholesale so after that um i was going on appointments still you know just ramping up i made a commitment at the start of 2016 that I was going to go all in, um, whatever that looked like, consistent daily action. I was waiting tables at the time, um, you know, working about 40 hours a week. And then I would have like two or three days off. Uh, and then I would just work doubles in the other one. So on my days off, I was just calling realtors for expired listings, sending out mail, um, calling old leads from bigger companies in town. Um, and then around that time I met, uh, my mentor, um, and he had came into my wife's shop. She was a, a hairstylist at the time and, um, you know, told him what we wanted to do. Uh, he was not interested in helping us at all. I'm, I mean, you know how it is. Everybody wants to do real estate. So mm-hmm. um, he came back in a couple months later and uh, he realized that we had been going on appointments. So he's seen that, like, you know, we were actually serious. So we went to lunch and, you know, those six months from January to June, um, he didn't go on every appointment, but he was there when I needed him. Uh, and it took honestly a good that that six months. I got my first deal on my 24th birthday. We locked up the contract, and uh, it was like the best feeling. And th- that deal went pretty easily. But I'm not gonna lie. The the week before that happened, like I mentally like broke down. Like I just, you know, we had been doing when you do something every day for six months and you have, you know, I mean, I'm going on appointments, but it's like I've looked at you know 20, 30 houses. Why isn't this working? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just kind of like that three feet from gold, um, because literally two days later I got a call, then we went on the appointment. And then, like I said, it was a week's time. And then I got the call, uh, my mentor locked it up and sold it that day. Um, we made 8,000, he split that with me. And then, um, I was off to the races from there. Cool. So you get that first deal going. Now you're a wholesaler. Yeah. <laughs> so what were your struggles like when you got going? Uh, I, for me, I was so ready to get out of my job. So that was my main focus. Um, so I did like two more deals. I was like three total. Uh, one was pending. Uh, and I was like, I'm done. I, I quit my job, which was a terrible decision at the time. Right. Um, and so I quit my job. I went full, full force, um, did not allocate money correctly and went broke in about two months, just being completely honest. Um, so after that, my mentor had a bunch of leads and he told me, you know, if you want to work these and, you know, I'm a hustler. So I was cold calling every day. Just, I didn't have any money, but I did not want to go back to a job. Yeah. So, you know, we got a couple of deals that way and, you know, I made some more money, put that back into marketing, you know, built some momentum and then got lazy and went broke <laughs> again, you know, and this is kind of like, you know, the, those first two years, 
was just working with him. I just was cutting my teeth, really, you know, learning. There's so much you have to learn when you come from, you know, the sales and building relationships with people. I waited tables for five years. I, I feel like that transferred easily, but learning how to build a business, manage cash flow, then also you have to pay your expenses. And, you know, I, I got to give all credit to my to my wife um, to be because, you know, luckily with her having a good job and her supporting me, um, you know, it's starting to pay off now. But at the yeah. time, you know, it's this is it a lot to manage with the money, the family life and everything. And, you know, the first two years, it was just a roller coaster, just being completely honest. Yeah. Well, I think there's something to be said, right? Like a lot of people think like once the money comes in, it's going to be easy. Oh, yeah. Right. Once you get the deals flowing, it's just like it's all easy. But no, now you become a business. Yeah. And absolutely. now you become a businessman. And so it's that's that's the next level the next level yeah and I, I tell people that a lot you know i, I try to do content and I, I try to let people know i think getting your first deal is i won't say it's super easy to me that's the easier part I, I think finding that momentum after that is what really takes is where the work comes in um there's just so much to it like you said you're, you right. are a business uh, managing money marketing costs leads you i mean you're doing it all you yeah, know you're in charge of sales in charge of marketing in charge of payroll yeah, disposition, if there All is payroll, you know, if there's yeah. any leftover for <laughs> payroll, you know. Uh, so then how is your operation different? I mean, Houston is stupid competitive. I, I don't know if it's as bad as here. I think it's kind of like a pissing contest between our two cities. Gotcha, yeah. So I don't know which one's worse, but the fact of the matter is it's terrible. Gotcha, yeah. So how is your different business? How is your business different in Houston than, it, than, than your peers? Gotcha. I would say one thing that differs in our market is you guys probably have more gurus here than, than we do in Houston. <laughs> really? I didn't know uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but see then, um, but how it differs is from us, we just, uh, like for instance, the last few deals that we've closed have been situations from people of other, I would say half ass wholesalers, mm -hmm. right? That they make a lot of promises to people. They don't follow through. Um, I mean, we had a deal that we started in August and we didn't close till December. We had four people back out. I went through four different buyers, uh, learned <laughs> so much and we didn't give up on the deal. I made a promise to the guy and I knew if it came down to it, I would close on the property. Mm -hmm. um, how I was taught in real estate and just me being from East Tennessee, I am a man of my word. So if I tell you I'm going to do something, I want to do it. And especially if I'm in person. And mm -hmm. a lot of times I think people forget we're you're dealing and like messing with people's lives here and especially when it comes to like pre-foreclosures and i see it more and more prevalent that you know people lock up stuff and then they just fall out like you don't have the audacity to at least let the seller know i can't close like you know i i can't do what i said um you know i've now i've done over 40 plus deals in the last three years and you know i've only had to back out of two contracts one when i first got started uh because i just locked it up too high and then one recently because the home came in, we actually paid for an appraisal. The home was like 300 square feet smaller. Obviously that affects our numbers, but the mm -hmm. homeowner had no idea. So she even overpaid. So, I mean, we still did what we needed to and took care of her. We lost, you know, five, $600 on the appraisal. But I will say what separates us is we actually, you know, focus on the person. I know I hear it a lot with Pace and you guys, like we don't make it about the house. Um, I honestly don't care about the house at all. Mm -hmm. I want to focus on the person and, and help them solve those problems because the big problems lead to big checks as well. But with wholesaling, you can make it a win-win for the seller, yourself, and the buyer. And th that's the joy of this business, really. Absolutely. So I found you, I believe, through Instagram, flipping a house. Yes, sir. 
So how much flipping are you doing and how much wholesaling are you doing? Gotcha. So the name was just generic. I needed something that worked. So <laughs> I won't say I'm actually flipping a lot of houses. It would be more flipping paper. So right now we currently uh, flip about paper wise about three to five properties a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are starting to get into more things as like hotels. Um, I just bought my first rental actually last week. and I'm going to, you know, burr out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the joy of wholesaling is it gives us the ticket to all the good deals and what we decide to do with it. As we've gotten more experience and have money partners and uh, have more options, you know, we're able to do more and, you know, maybe take over house terms or whatever that may be. Um, you just need to be learning and, and evolving, really. Uh, wholesaling is great, but it needs to be more. I know you guys, you know, you do more of the traditional stuff and that's intriguing to me because I know there's a lot of leads that we let go, but it's like, we need to find a realtor or a couple or, you know, how can we add value to them and vice versa? I just want to be able to provide all those solutions to you them. You put them on payroll. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. That's what I would do. Yeah. If I was, if I was, I mean, the way I got my business is a little bit different, but if I was a wholesaler and I was just dealing with leads, I just put them on a salary. So then are you doing more wholesaling or are you doing more flipping? Uh, I would say more wholesaling, yeah. Wholesale. We've never done an actual like full, like the most cosmetic work I've done on a house is to my rental. And I kind of overdid it, but I want it to last. But, you know, uh, but flip, like I never want to be a flipper. If I flip a house, it would be like something I do with my wife. We do two or three a year. It's really yeah. to just retire her. I never, I, I have friends and they flip, you know, eight to 10, 20 properties a month. No, it's right. not. It's not for me. Yeah. So I mean, like I, I could say for our organization, like you know, we flip reluctantly. So I'm like the reluctant flipper. Mm-hmm. Like we flipped it because we couldn't move it. Yeah. We couldn't wholesale it. So what does your organization look like today then? Gotcha. Uh, currently, uh, we stay pretty small. It's me, my business partner Ben, um, and then we have two full time cold callers. We're bringing on another one this week. Uh, we have like a lead manager. And then um, we have a couple other like VAs that I do like smaller, like one off tasks that we do frequently, like mm-hmm. clean up Excel, like things that I hate doing. Um, you know, we'll hire somebody on Upwork to do really quick. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it's mainly me and my, my business partner, Ben. Okay. So you got, you said two cold callers. Mm-hmm. Are they in house? No, they are virtual. Yeah. Virtual in the States or overseas? So both. And cold calling, that's, that's a whole another topic for another day. You know, they, they make it seem so easy, but uh, we, we've learned a lot. We've been doing it for about a good, you know, almost a year now. And uh, we've tried pretty much all avenues. Uh, we've we found a lady that's actually lives in Ben's neighborhood. Uh, just found her on next door. She's been amazing. And then uh, we have an American person who lives in Costa Rica right now. Mm-hmm. And then we're bringing on uh, some more people currently. Like I said, we're bringing on one next week from the Philippines. And if that goes well, then we're going to bring on two or three more. But, um, yeah, definitely looking to, to bring more cold callers. We finally, I can say, almost figured it out. Not quite, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we can learn something from you guys while we're here. Be careful. Every time I say I figured it out, I end up screwing something else up. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So I think I want to say like, like eight or nine times. I was like, oh, my goodness, I finally got it. Yeah. And then you get a curveball. Yeah. And that, that's how it was for us. I mean, we had two good cold callers. Like I said, the lady that lives in Ben's neighborhood and she performs amazing. And then, you know, she had some family issues. And, you know, as much as we love her, I'm still a human. Like, yeah. we're, I'm not going to press you to work. Um, so, yeah, like you said, every time you think you I think that's business and life in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I posted something the, the other day, uh, one of our cold callers, our, uh, and he was killing on the phones and, and our buddy Jared 
reached out to me. He's like, is that guy still available? I was like, get the hell out of here. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your leads manager, uh, how, how did you find them? Uh, we found them through just ads running through people on Upwork. Um, you know, that's another task, you know, hiring VAs. You're probably going to go, you know, hire five to my last one will actually um, stay with you guys long term. We found them just posting an ad through Upwork and then uh, they just do a lot of follow ups, touching base with some of our buyers. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, as we get into more things such as texting and stuff like that, they'll be managing some of that. And we'll probably bring on some people to handle those leads as well. Okay. Um, and then do you have any dispositions? Uh, you're looking at it right here. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it, with our structure, Ben is pretty much first contact on the phone. Uh, we still go on appointments together if, if, if he can't make it, you know, one of us will go. Cause I, I still, that, that's my favorite part. That's where I shine. Um, I hate doing cold calling and Excel spreadsheets. I, I just want to be really? belly to belly. You don't yeah. like that? No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I want to be in front of the person. I want to solve their problems with waiting tables. Like I said, I can deal with any personality and, you know, studying and getting better at my closing skills and being a better problem solver, really. Um, you know, we've done deals where you got to move people or, you know, elderly people, whatever it takes to get the deal done. Um, so, but for me, mainly I'm dispositions though. Like when it comes to selling deals, like that's mainly my department. Um, I blast out the deals, take care of the buyers when they perform, when they don't, that's, that's pretty much all me. Interesting. And you know, what's funny is, uh, I was talking with Max last week on the show is that we'll post things on Instagram. It's like, you know, locked up another mm -hmm. one and we just take a, just a picture of the house or a video of the house from the outside, locked up another one and he'll get calls. Was, so that's our disposition these days is, is like Instagram, Instagram. stories. It's I, kind of I crazy. mean, I use Instagram for so many things and, and that, that is starting to happen a lot more with us. Um, like recently with a hotel we did just, just by walking it and making the video, I had like four people before I even left the house, hit me up. Yeah, and, nuts. Then, uh, and then the, the joy of people bringing you free lead sources too. Uh, we've started to do some free events and stuff like that. Just really leverage that and be able to help, you know, create those win-win solutions for people that may be newer, um, you know, to, to be able to help them succeed really. Uh, what has been, what has been your best marketing technique? Right now, what's working best for us, it would be cold calling, uh, but we do it all like direct mail. Uh, we do SEO a little bit, RVM. And like I said, we're about to start doing some text and stuff like that. But cold calling has, has probably been the best one. It's for the last year, even when Ben had a job. I mean, he locked up a, a $27,000 assignment on his lunch break, literally. And I went out there and locked it up on site. Um, but I would say cold calling for sure. Awesome. And then uh, German Soros wants to know, are you licensed? No, sir. I have no, I never want to, I, I just, it's not for me. And we work with realtors though. We do have MLS access and all that, but. Uh, I don't know. think you're supposed to say that on air. Okay. Um, <coughs> <laughs> uh, what is your specialty? My specialty? Uh, I would say my gift of gab and uh, connecting with people. I'm a really good listener. I, I love meeting new people. Uh, having new experiences, I can pretty much connect with anybody. If, if I can't connect with you, it's probably not me, just being honest. <laughs> um, but I would say that's my superpower, being understanding and, and making things happen out of nothing, really. I, okay. Yeah. So how are you pulling data right now? Uh, right now, we do a lot from the county and uh, list source. Um, but we try to get those lists from, from the county. But as we're starting to pour, pull more data, 
uh, Liz Source, and then I think uh, uh, Jesse and uh, Evo and them mm-hmm. are, are coming out with something as well that might be able to assist us. So, but right now, mainly Liz Source and from the county, and then just cleaning those up. I mean, that's the best data. Okay, and then what are you using to skip trace? Uh, batch, yeah, all day. We've been we we've used several other services, but based on price and results. Uh, batch all day and then those guys are pretty awesome too so yeah they're okay they're, they're, they're all right they're cool <laughs> um who's in charge of the kpis uh that is ben's department and i do not want anything to do with <laughs> it <laughs> there's certain things that i like i look at just to make sure everything is flowing like i was telling jesse um you know number of calls per day and then you know how many leads we're bringing in but uh you know, that, that area is not our strongest suit as we're trying to scale. And that's something that we're trying to, you know, really dial in on. Um, so, but that's what we do know and keep track of. That's, that's been all day. Awesome. And what markets are you guys in? Uh, Houston. I, I only want to be in Houston. I do not want to, you know, when, once we have things secured there, then maybe we could look at San Antonio or Dallas, maybe Austin, but Houston is so big and I look at what you guys are doing here and we're even bigger and it's just like there's so much left on the table that we're yeah. not even we're not even scraping the surface. Uh how much are you guys spending a month on marketing? Uh, marketing I would say all like all our costs and everything is around like three thirty five hundred to five grand depending. Um but that is like I said about to double. We need to make ourselves uncomfortable to be able to We've been sitting at the three to five leads, you know, for the last like six months or, or deals per month. Um, and, you know, that's why we came out here, right, to, yeah. to, to learn and to be able to, to go to that next level. And I know a lot of that has to do with our own, you know, a lot of times as, as entrepreneurs and people in general, uh, we get in our own way and we get comfortable and we've gotten comfortable and I we need to get uncomfortable again. Uh, but we, we try to run pretty lean. Like I said, it's usually around five grand. And then, you know, whatever we make, we'll just cut ourselves out of the deal. But we're about to start taking a salary and have a full-fledged business, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people say that once you start paying yourself a salary, <clears throat> that's when you have a real business. Business, yeah. Yep. It's going to push us to go. I mean, there's no excuses because <laughs> we both have families to feed. So, yeah. Uh, guys, don't forget this is a live show. So, please, if you've got questions, uh, fire away. Uh, what is your monthly overhead? Monthly, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. With marketing and everything, it's it's around five grand. And then, like I said, if we get a deal, we'll we'll base the split on how big the deal is. And yeah. a majority of it really goes. I mean, we don't really pay ourselves much now, mm-hmm. um, which is why we're you know looking to get a salary and and all that. But I mean, a majority of the money goes back into the business, and we try to run lean. You know, we don't have an office; we work from home. I mean, you know, we just try to stay as lean as possible. Okay. Um, are there any CRM tools or systems that you cannot live without? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, Podio, obviously, keeping track of everything. I know before we just had Excel spreadsheets, yellow letters <laughs> everywhere, uh, you know. Um, we use like if I'm out quickly, you know, obviously I use Redfinzilla just to get an idea of a lead. Um, I would say MLS, um, I'm trying to think. I think those are probably the major ones. Um, now with rentals, I mean, I use other little apps like Quicken Loan, like just calculating what the mortgage would be mm-hmm. and, you know, certain things like that. Um, yeah, I'd say that would be the major ones. All right. Pedro wants to know, are you text blasting right now? Uh, we are not. We are not. But we will be starting next week. So Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you plan to do if the market takes a dip? 
uh, I would say solve more problems and hopefully by then have a lot more cash to buy a lot more rentals really at a, at a discount. And, uh, but I mean, that's the joy of wholesaling. It doesn't really depend on, you know, what, where the market's at. I mean, we can still solve problems. There's still, there's going to be more people in need. I mean, there's still, I mean, even in Houston, there's still people, you know, Harvey was, you know, two and a half, two plus years ago. And there's still people that have no idea what they're going to do. They're living in an RV in their driveway. I mean, we looked at a flooded home a week and a half ago and there it's just been sitting um so i would just say like when those i mean that was something new that we had to learn like i knew nothing about floods or flood insurance or elevation certificates and like all these things um i mean i, I think you just adapt really with whatever the market throws at you but i mean with wholesaling it, it gives you you know that access to the deals for you really to decide what you want to do um but I say just buy more houses. That's the plan. So you were saying there are RVs parked in the driveway because the house is not livable. Yeah, absolutely. That um, sounds like an excellent opportunity for driving for dollars. dollars. Yeah, yeah, it, it is for sure. I think a lot of these people until up until this point were in belief that they were going to get money. But a lot of them, you know, insurance. I mean, we've bought deals. The first deal that Ben and I did, the people brought uh, 30000 to the table. They were just they wanted to be out. But for them, that was that was a win. Um, but yeah, like there's people living in RVs, some living in like tree, like it, it's pretty bad, but I, I, it's coming to the point where they realize you're going to have to make a move because, you know, no one's going to help you, you know, FEMA and all these other places. Some homes have flooded, you know, three, four times. I mean, were you going to say treehouse? Yeah. You were living in a treehouse. I've seen, I've seen some interesting things, you know, I mean, I, I think these people, they just weren't prepared and, you know, a lot of people didn't have flood insurance. So like the effects are, are still being, you know, felt others. I mean, the, the last hotel deal that we did was a hoarder home that flooded in Harvey and had just been sitting since then. So the smell alone like that, that's where we could start. But, you know, like the fact that they just let this house sit, you know, for two and a half years. And then, you know, with the humidity and mold and are you walking in like a hazmat suit? I only walked the house like twice with yeah, the mask and everything. And, you know, unfortunately that's solving these problems and learning these personalities. You're going to deal with people that you never thought that you were going to deal with. And, you know, when it comes to people like hoarders that, you know, like that is a mental disability. And like that lady was there 70 years old on top of the trash cans every day digging still trying to take things that she wanted um that was really the only reason we closed on the home was because the seller was such a hassle we had to get her out of the picture um that deal though <laughs> what we thought we were going to make and what we were actually going to make you know that's the reality of it we're, we're not going to make nearly enough but we still solved a problem we learned a lot of lessons what were you anticipating making uh, so originally, I mean, we were looking at making about 25 on the deal. And you ended up making <laughs> the real, the realistic of it is uh, we made five grand on the deal, you know, yeah. uh, but that, that, that's the reality of real estate. But, you know, we don't beat each other up. We, Hey, look, these are the lessons that we learned from that. But at the end of the day, you know, I'll make that up on another deal. I mean, that deal, we made five grand and it sold. And then the next week we locked up a house. We didn't think we were going to make anything on and we did a $25,000 assignment, right? So right. it's like, it, it always takes care of itself. I think the, if you buy right, as long as I break even, I'm good, right? Right. So if I buy right, we're good. But the main thing is, you know, what did we learn from this, right? Because we're still, I mean, being just three years in, I'm still learning a lot about real estate, business life and myself. So as long as we take those lessons and apply it, you know, to the future deals, 
you know, I'll chalk it up. Have you tried climbing up into a treehouse to knock on the door? And to knock on the door? I have not. I have not. But I Is mean, that really Ben's? Yeah, yeah. He's a little bit taller than me, and he's a little <laughs> bit lighter, too. So the treehouse would probably hold him before it would me. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, JJ Simmons says that he needs to reach out to J- uh, Bash Skip. So, Jesse, reach out to JJ Simmons. Make sure you use the code RED, JJ. Um, Lee, do you prefer hotel or wholesale? Uh, to me, I guess it just depends on the situation, to be completely honest. Um, I'll wholesale all day, but, I mean, you are going to have those situations where if you can make an extra, you know, the, uh, the we've done, that was our second hotel. The first hotel that we did was a similar situation, flooded home. Uh, we put $1,000 into it. We sold it within two weeks. Like, we were in the deal from contract to relisting in five weeks, and we made thirty grand. right? Yeah. For me, that was worth it. Now, we could have wholesaled that deal and made ten grand and been in and out, but, we, you know, we had the money to use, and we saw the potential. So we just – We've gotten tighter on our parameters of the hotels, especially since this last uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'll wholesale all day, and but if it makes sense, I, I will hotel. Um, so I guess whichever makes me the most money and the least amount of time. It's kind of like cherry picking the, the deals. The deals, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Leslie wants to know: Do you have virtual assistants? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, our, our cold callers are virtual. Our uh, lead uh, manager, she's virtual. And then all the other VAs there in the Philippines as well. Uh, and Rosero wants to know, do you worry about wholesaling dying down? No, not at all. This is a funny question for me because, like I said, we just did a free event. Like, we made, like, one post at a shadow event, and I had all these people come out, and it was an amazing experience. But it was funny because after that, like, that day, I had all these people DM me and message me, like, aren't you scared about, like, creating competition and, like, about wholesaling dying? Or, like, I, we went on an appointment before I came here. And they had open door and like, you know, we have all these things happening. Um, I don't, I'm not worried about it because I think abundance mentality. Um, If I worry about that today, then, you know, I'm going to drive myself crazy. Like I have a million other moving pieces. Um, Will certain things change possibly with people doing, you know, sketchier things with us? You know, you got to learn to adjust with the market. And, you know, now we're at a point where if they do, we'll just hotel more things, you know, we'll, we'll just adjust with the market, buy more right. rentals and be lazier. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Jesse and I have talked about this where like, even if it did die, we're surrounded by the smartest people exactly in the valley. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I think me and my, one of my good friends who's like slowly becoming an entrepreneur, we talk about this. There's a loophole in everything that, in life in general and everything that we do. Um, and there will always be people that are kind of like a middleman that can solve those problems. Um, I have a good friend who does the same thing, but does it with used books and just resells. Like you know, like and there's there's always going to be a way to make money, right? Um, in real estate, for sure, because there's always going to be people with problems, life problems. Uh, Sam Velasquez wants to know: Do you maintain a big buyers list, or do you deal with just a handful of good buyers? Got you. So for us, we have uh, I would say five to ten. You know, they buy consistently. Uh, they're going to close. It's no issue. So I usually shoot it to them first. Honestly, I have one guy who buys about 80% of our deals. And if not, sometimes he'll just add a couple thousand and he has like students he helps and, um, you know, he'll, he'll get the deal done. So he usually gets first dibs. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Closing 80% of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And then if not, then yeah, the next, I always just let them know, Hey, you have 24 hours. And then, yeah, we do have a buyer's list of around 7,000. But 
you know, out of those numbers, maybe, you know, the it, it's all a numbers game. So, you yeah. know, out of those people. But we do get new buyers or realtors that uh, we met a lady who's actually a contractor and she saved us on a couple of deals. Like she just she connected us with the lady who's going to do the $25,000 assignment. And she saved us on that deal where I said, you know, four people backed out. She randomly brought in a guy like the day before pay cash close. So, um, like you said, I just try to surround myself with people that are better than me. Cause I'm not the smartest guy. Like right. I said, like, um, Keisha wants to know when did you hire a VA or I guess probably more along the lines of when did you know it's time to hire a VA? Whenever I, I I didn't hire a VA until I was two and a half years into the business. Mm -hmm. I probably should have hired one way before. I have control issues. Now I love giving things off, but at the time, I I think it's when it becomes a nuisance to you where it's like, hey, like for me, it was like, I'm spending three hours going through probate records. I'm going through like 300 records to get 40 names for three hours when I could be cold calling or I could be doing something that's, you know, I could pay, I could afford to pay somebody $15 a week. Um, I think when it becomes a nuisance, I, but until you give it off, you need to be doing it yourself. I mean, even for instance, now with the content creation and what we're, you know, my partner and myself are doing, getting into YouTube and things like that, for the next six months to a year, I'm gonna be editing all the videos and stuff because I, you can't give something off to someone else if you don't know what you like or what you expect of them. Um, I was talking to Jesse earlier and they were going over KPIs and you know that's literally what we talked about is like, you know, you need to have these numbers because if they don't know what they're supposed to hit, you know, they're not, they're definitely not gonna hit it. Um, I know our first cold caller, right, for as an example, she worked for us for six months. We never looked at any numbers, right? Like <laughs> nothing. Wow. We got one deal from her. We made like 25 grand. So she paid for herself. But when we actually sat down, looked at the numbers, she was only supposed to be calling like 15 hours a week. She For the six months, she never even called for 15 hours. But <laughs> we never knew. We never looked. So um, I would say when it's when it's uh, like overwhelming for you, you know, that's yeah. when it's when you're getting in your own way. Uh, Sam Velasquez wants to know, is building a rental portfolio something you're building simultaneously? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over the last like eight months, we've just met some people that have really changed our outlook on creating that residual wealth. And, and in the back of my mind, I always think things are going to go wrong. So how you said about wholesaling going away, if it does, I don't want to have to worry about it. Um, yep. You know, we have some family, friends and, and people like that, you know, they Thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month in residual income. Just having that to have yourself set up um, is definitely where it's at. And you can, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into it, my rental deal, but it's like the most amazing bird deal. And I will literally have no money out of pocket. I'll make like thirty grand, and I'll cash flow like six hundred dollars a month. Like, who wouldn't do that deal, right? right? You know, four or five more of those, and I'm pretty good. Like, we live below our means, but you know, not in debt, so. You know, just thinking of having that money coming in. I mean, and as wholesaling, you're you're the avenue of where the deals come from. Um, and that and in that scenario with that deal, I was still able to pay Ben a ten thousand dollar assignment. So yeah. it's like you know, creating those win wins and setting yourself up for that long term generational wealth. Because at the end of the day, wholesaling is a job. Uh, Joven wants to know what are the tasks for the lead manager. Uh, it's to follow up like she has her tasks daily that get sent automatically with Podio based on, you know, follow ups. And then um, when she's through with that, she will go into calling. She has a certain amount of buyers that she will call just to build that relationship with them. See if they're buying like we just pulled a list of, you know, people that bought cash properties in the last year. And, you know, so we're just trying to 
build that bigger buyers list because uh, I'm also like really intrigued by like Keegley and like selling other people's deals. Like I used to do that, but the way I did it was a headache. If I can set that up to do it where it, you bring me the deal and I just sell it and you know, maybe we make four or five grand, but if we do that 20 times a month and didn't spend any money on marketing, um, that's the idea, but I will always, like I said, have those true cash buyers that yeah. I have a relationship well, with. Well, I think, you know, what Keeley does makes a lot of sense in Phoenix, or it does make sense in Phoenix, and I would say you could probably do the same exact thing in Houston yeah. because it's a very comparable market. Uh, Kenny Cash wants to know, what's the biggest assignment fee you've earned, and if you don't want to answer that, you don't have to. Yeah, no, I mean, compared to some of the people that I've met being here, it's probably not that big, but I will say 40000 was our biggest assignment. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, that was another one of those solving problems the the guy was uh literally he's he's dying he has cancer um ben spent about three months not even talking about the property he literally like almost every time he was just con life consulting with his wife uh them crying on the phone um they had they lived in san antonio they had this property and had been rented out to what they thought was three people uh, when Ben went to walk the property, I, I think I was out of town. There was 11 people actually living there. Uh, sketchy meth head type characters. Um, but we went in, was like, hey, you know, we solved the problem. We're going to buy the house. We actually didn't have to pay anything for moving. They were actually happy to get out. And uh, the guy I sold the deal to was that guy. He brought in one of his students and I just talked to him and it's pending and he's going to make 70 grand, right? Like that's, wow. that's the joy of what we do, creating those win-wins. They were able to get some money, you mm -hmm. know, to finish out his life and live, you know, fruitfully with his wife and enjoy it. Uh, we were able to get a new start for the sketchy people. Uh, we made a, you know, handsome assignment and we know we were able to, you know, he's going to make even more than us, which is, I love to see. I love seeing people win. So. Yep. Uh, Jesse Bundock wants to know what type of data are you pulling from the county? Oh, uh, we just the main like tax default code violation evictions. And then we just got a, the water shutoff list, which I thought was something hard to get because we have a bunch of mud districts in Houston. Mm -hmm. um, but I met like, one of my followers because of Instagram and he was just like, hey, thank you for the content. Here's this list of like 9000 names. Mud. So, mud. Yeah. Uh, it's me. I don't want to murder it. It's like municipal something district. Okay. Uh, but in, in how Houston is set up, it, basically each neighborhood has their own mud district. So you can imagine when you have 7 million people living in and around Houston, how many different mud districts. But um, he found a way to get the list, and now he, he sent me the contact. And, I mean, it's usually the same thing. You you pay 15 to to $100, whatever their fee is. You do an open request form and just go talk to them. And a lot of times people are like, you can't find it. I'm like, you just, you didn't, you probably gave up. One person told you no. Like if you're giving up now, you're probably not gonna last in wholesaling because you, you're gonna, you know, call four or five people. But if I could give a tip to that is when you do find the right person, because you're gonna, they usually update them every six months to a year, take them a $10, $15 Starbucks gift card. They'll remember you. It'll be a lot easier next time and they get free coffee. So that's a right. way, you know, <laughs> solving problems. Uh, Keisha wants to know what's your favorite lead source? Uh, cold calling. Yeah, cold calling. I don't know if she's referring to a list, but it would probably be tax default, but cold calling. You guys in Texas are really, really in love with those tax Texas, defaults. I wish yeah. we had. I, don't, I think that's like the best list yeah. from what I hear. Um, and Leron Mitchell wants to know how often are you pulling data? It depends on the list. Like I said, uh, so for tax default, we're doing that uh, about every eight months. The code violation and water 
one I think they updated every six months. Um, so that every six months. And then with list source, depending on the list, I mean, we're just pulling more and more data. So that's actually happening like every month. And it's probably, you know, it's, it's only going to increase as we're doing other, uh, you know, lead sources. So what is your why? Uh, my why, I would say, you know, obviously I, I have the fam to support, but I just want to live in a, an amazing adventurous life. Um, I, like I said, I come from a small town in Tennessee. It's very, you know, Monday through Friday, you usually work at a factory or Walmart, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Like sometimes I really wish that I could live like that. Um, however, you know, most people never leave this like five mile radius, so they don't know what's possible. Um, so for me getting to travel more, the fact that, you know, I can do this midweek and like my business partner is about to join me and, you know, just live an exciting life and just not settle for like average. I just don't want to get to the end of my life and have regret. That's like scares the shit out of me. <laughs> like so bad. And what is your biggest struggle right now? Uh, getting that next level, breaking the, the three to five, like I said, uh, not spending enough money. I mean, if I look at it, it's probably just not spending enough money and, and building the infrastructure. Um, so hopefully, you know, over the next couple of days, we can learn how to do that yeah. and uh, take it to the next level. Uh, Walder wants to know, how are you paying the lead manager? Uh, the, she's just hourly. Yeah. Uh, are you using, Noel, Noel wants to know, are you using the Texas real estate contract to lock up? Uh, Trek, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's it's the only th thing that I learned on. And uh, one time I was with a gentleman, the guy who actually buys a lot of deals. I was showing him a house, and he was about to go lock up another property. And he met the seller, and he got a one-page contract out. Excuse me. And um, the guy was like, no, nah, I need a Trek. So I'd never used one, but that just confirmed everything that I thought. But I think it just looks more professional. I know with I don't know what your all state contract, but ours is 10 pages long. A majority of it has to do with realtors. Um, but I mean, if you guys need help with it, you can DM me, message me. I'll be yeah. happy to send some links. And you know, it, it, you just got to dumb it down to a cash. So what is the greatest lesson you've learned? Uh, not not to give up on myself, my business. And uh, some of my greatest moments have come right after I have pretty much like the second time after I went broke, I was literally about to get another summer job just to pay for marketing costs. And uh, I was betting it all on one deal that we had was actually from <laughs> one of my old managers. And, uh, you know, we were probably still a month out from closing. And I, you know, I just told my mentor like, hey, I'm probably gonna have to get a job till we can close this deal. And uh, he wrote me a check for five grand and was just like, real estate investors don't have summer jobs. And like, I keep that in my office because like, I I've, don't do it as much anymore, but a lot of times I used to just give up. Like I said, I was always like three feet from gold, like three feet from there. Um, and I guess sometimes people see more in me than I see in myself. So we need to have more self-belief. I don't think that's just for me. I think that's for everybody because you don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but if you just surround yourself with, with people that are better than you, they want to see you succeed for sure. Absolutely. Uh, what's your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Ooh. I would say favorite would be probably that first contract that I had to back out of, to be honest. That was so humbling of an experience. I'd built such good rapport with that gentleman and then having to tell him that I wasn't going to be able to keep my word. Like I, I still have nightmares about mm -hmm. that call. Um, but 
it makes me not want to do it. And now, like I said, most of the deals that we deal with, like the last three or four have been people that weren't able to perform and they have this terrible taste and then you're able to step in and, you know, they're just so happy that you were able to help them with their problem and you can usually make good money doing it. Um, so I would say just learning from those, those tough, you know, situations that you have to lean into that you don't want to do those phone calls, like just lean in, just do it. And, uh, Noel wants to know how many hours are you working a week right now? Um, I'm always working to be honest. I, I love real estate. I love business. I love creating things. Um, if I had to put a time, I, I don't know, 40, 50 hours, but to me, I don't view it as work. I love what I do. Um, I love creating content. I love meeting sellers. I love solving problems. I love cash and big checks. You know, um, I love learning lessons even when it's hard and it sucks. Um, I just, I, I love the game to be honest. So yeah. So talk about creating content. I mean, obviously that's, like I said, that's how I found you. Right. So yeah, talk about yeah. creating content. Yeah. I think, I think with the internet, we're at a time where like you can, you can become, it's a good and a bad thing. Right. So let's mm-hmm. start there. You can be any person you want, whether that's fake or real. Um, for me, I'm, you know, what you see is what you get. Uh, I think how we met originally, and I was telling Jesse this earlier is like, I messaged you like seven months ago. Cause I tagged you and was like, Hey, I'm going to be on your show one day. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we were able to meet in Dallas and like just stayed in contact. Like to me, that is the power of the internet. But, uh, I also know I have value to add. I know my story will resonate with someone. And I think a lot of times for people to believe in things, they just need someone that looks like them or similar. And that's what I always tell people is like, I'm just a regular guy. Like there is nothing like it took me four years to get a two year degree. And I know I had to pay out of pocket and it sucked, but you know, like I'm not the brightest guy, but I hustle and I truly like taking care of people. So with content, it just, you know, opens that door. Um, you know, I love meeting people, you know, going to We Live, meeting you guys, uh, meeting, you know, some of our followers, like the messages that I get from people, you know, that's something money can't buy. And it's something that like when I first got started, all I had was like Sean Terry and, you Mm -hmm. know, I had podcasts, but he wasn't really creating content even like he is now. Um, So I just want to be relatable. I want to, you know, I I just, I see so much power in it as well uh, to the doors and the avenues that it's open, even with me like consistently doing it for eight months and it's only going to get bigger where it's going to take me. I have no idea, but if, as long as I can impact others and truly like help change people's lives, that's all that matters to me. So, um, but it's powerful. How much time do you put on it? Like, is it, is there like an intentional, like I got to block off this time for this, for, for creating content? It's starting to get like that now with, as I'm getting into YouTube and like, you know, I love shooting, but I hate editing. Right. Mm -hmm. But once again, it's one of those things like I got to do until I can't no more. Um, so, right now I'm starting like on Sundays, I'll, I'll make a bunch of posts, like, you know, five to 10 posts. And then sometimes it changes, but, and then, you know, throughout the day, I'm probably on my phone more than I need to be. Cause I'm looking at analytics and like, you know, did this work? And like, I study it way more than I should, but I mean, I did notice on your, on your profile. I mean, there's a pattern. Yeah. 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 I've, You're intentional with it. Yeah. I've, I've, and I've met some people too that, you know, they were like, Hey, I see what you're doing. Let me give you some advice. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that's another thing being humble enough to listen to people. I know, like I said, being in my small town, everybody acts like they know everything when really nobody really knows anything. (laughs) And, um, you know, for me, I try to be a humble person. I try to listen. Like if I'm in the room and people that are where I want to be, I'm not talking like you probably wouldn't even notice I'm in there. I mean, I'm a big guy, so you're going to see me. But, you know, I just uh, I like learning and, I, you know, I'm, I'm very intentional with what I do and what I put out. But um, I just want people to know that, like, you know, 
I'm, what you see is what you get. Like I'm not out here fronting. Like I said, I, I live way below my means. I drive mm-hmm. a $1,500 cash car. Like, no, I do want nicer things, but I'm sacrificing, you know, now for, you know, my mid thirties or, you know, whatever that looks like or wherever I'll be in five years, who knows? Um, that's awesome. Uh, Walder wants to know, how do you keep your cold callers accountable? Um, that's all. <laughs> I would say uh, tracking numbers, like start there, make sure they're doing it. Um, it's a lot of training up front. We just try to make sure that they know, you know, what we, what our standards are, what we expect of them. And even when, you know, they're not performing, you don't have to like get down their throat. Like, Hey, you're, you're really screwing up. Just, Hey, you know, like talk to them. Why, why isn't this? And you learn like, you know, one of our callers the other day, uh, we're probably gonna have to replace him just because he's going to college now. So the other day he only called for an hour. I'm like, Hey man, like you only called for an hour. You know, (laughs) you usually call like eight, what's going on? So, you know, um, training for sure make sure they're making like i know ours you know we have a certain amount of calls they're supposed to make around 150 to 200 calls an hour Mm. so we know that number um and and staying in contact with them and also don't like treat them like employees as well because that's what they are don't just numbers 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 like hey how's your family like i said uh we have one lady who had family issues like we still check on her and her mom um you know just treating them actually like people um, but also let them know their requirements and, and, you know, every day or once a week, at least looking at the numbers because the numbers don't lie. Well, I, th- I think that's, there's a huge nugget there. Cause I, I had this problem for a little bit where I felt like, God, I hate micromanaging. I hate holding them accountable. I don't want to scream at them. I'm not a screamer. Yeah. But what I found was, Hey, remember how we said you're supposed to call this many hours a week. I'm looking at the notes here. It's not what's going on. And it only takes two of those conversations for them to just like, hey, I'm not fit for this operation. Person, yeah, They'll self-eliminate. You don't have to fire quickly, them. You have, yeah. they don't want to have that third conversation. It's like, hey, um, what's going on with this? Yeah, absolutely. And then if you see them, like, so I know for us, like I said, the guy, he's a little bit younger. And when we hired him, they told us he worked for another company and he quit. And basically they, they went their separate ways. And I think for us, what we found out was like he they they probably felt he wasn't performing, but they also probably didn't give him the tools. So for us at first, yeah, you know, like he was our cold caller that calls for four hours was making more calls than him. And he was calling in eight hours. Mm -hmm. So it was like that. Hey, you know, maybe you could do a little bit more. And he did. And then it was like, hey, I'm just going to give you the numbers like, you know, you called for eight hours and she called for four. Why did she make, you know, say a thousand and you only made 600? Like, that's not even like trying, like, especially when you're on like a triple line dialer or, you know, now they have call tool, like you can go up to 10, you know, lines. So it's like, let the numbers speak. And then literally like two days later, his calls doubled. Right. But he probably never had that accountability. Um, But, you know, I didn't necessarily get, you know, jump down his throat, but yeah, you, you know. don't have to. Well, that's uh, uh Leron makes a good point here. Everyone encounters problems in life events. Yeah. Right. And that's what some of these people that they get all like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, self-pity. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like, look, everyone's got problems. problems yeah. Don't bring that to work. And that's, yeah. Knowing your personality types, knowing, knowing that humans are emotional creatures, even, you know, I still get emotional about it. Like right. we're all emotional. It's just some people are better at handling that. And, you know, whether that's how they were raised or whatever it is, you just even dealing with sellers or whatever it may be in this business, you have to learn to deal with those. And if you do, 
you'll be and you know a better leader and uh, be able to give constructive criticism and keep them held accountable without them like i hate my life and this job i don't want to because it's hard man like i there's a reason i don't sit on the phone for eight <laughs> hours and call people i did that for right. a year straight like it's not where it's at at yeah. all so uh, so let me take a moment here real quick. Uh, I, I mentioned last week with Max on the show, we're doing a workshop uh, on May 25th. It's an all-day event. Uh, so if you guys are interested in that, please text Disruptor Workshop to 345-345. Uh, we're going to be going over the perfect seller appointment as well as all the systems that we're using uh, to, to do deals in, in competitive Phoenix. Um, and then next week, we got Antoine Campbell flying in from the Maryland, D.C. area. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. He's a fun dude. Did you hang out with him in Dallas? I got no, to. No, I felt like I missed out on some, the Willie kid. Like, I didn't know oh. about him. I was so inspired by his story. Like, yeah. that many deals so young. Like, those are the, like, because I'm still kind of young. But, like, when you hear that, it's like. When you're bringing your brother to sign contracts, like, you're young. But that just shows, though, there's <laughs> there's no excuse. Like, there's literally, like, there's no reason you can't be successful right. in this business. Uh, so. If someone want to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Uh, I would say Instagram. It's uh, flipping a house. Uh, my business partner Ben Ben buys houses. Hopefully, we can get him on the show in the future. He's got some periods in there, right? It's, what is it? Yeah, it's like Ben dot buys dot houses period yeah. whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think I think Instagram like that makes a difference. Yeah, but I mean, like any questions, anything I can do to help. Like I try to answer all my DMs. Uh, I try to do lives. I'm gonna try to do more instructional type things. Um, but you know, I just want to help help preferably younger people but you know anybody that wants to succeed you know i have i have a guy that came to our free event uh he messaged me six months ago and was giving me all these excuses and just note if you message me like i'm gonna give it to you exactly how somebody may not like they may have been scared to tell you i've got that same problem too and you know he told <laughs> me hey I'm, I'm scared of you know i want to flip houses but i'm scared of, t of taking on risk basically is what he was saying which pretty much we're in a high risk business, high risk, high reward. And I was like, look, if you're, if you're scared of risk, you're never, you know, you, this business isn't for you. And he went out the next week, found a deal and got hard money. So just know, I will give you a swift kick in the ass if you DM me some dumb stuff. That was like Gary Vee, right? When the guy's like, I hate cold calling. He's like, well then leave. You just, yeah, just <laughs> don't, why are you here? Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, last parting message for the listeners. Uh, I would say b believe in yourself and know that if a regular guy from a small town in East Tennessee, I, like literally started this business putting $200 a month in marketing costs, uh, if I can make it happen, you know, you can too. And like with the internet, there's no excuse. Like there's there's kids making millions that are 16, like yeah. doing reviews on YouTube. There's just no, there's just have a no excuse mentality and just like go out and make it happen and, and like get outside of your comfort zone. Like it's whatever you're scared of, lean in, like just lean in. It's, it's not as bad as you think, I promise. It's never gonna be that bad. I think that's a great message. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you, this was awesome. Awesome, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.